Welcome to Unfuck Your Brain, the only podcast that teaches you how to use psychology, feminism, and coaching to rewire your brain and get what you want in life. And now here's your host, Harvard Law School grad, feminist rock star, and master coach, Kara Lowenthal. All right, my chickens. Today we have a treat. She's going to laugh when I identify her this way, but one of my first one-on-one clients the only one-on-one client to ever fire me and my, (laughs) (laughs) my brilliant colleague and ACFC graduate and master coach and style coach extraordinaire, Judith Gatton. I wish you could see her. She's wearing an amazing hat. Judith has an incredible hat collection and she's wearing, what do you call this kind of hat? It's not quite a fascinator, but it's almost like a fascinator because it sits on top of your head as opposed to like but it's very large for a fascinator. Yeah, it is. Well, most of my fascinators are large because I have a huge head. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know your software to pre your style. It's like a fur fascinator, a vintage yeah. fur fascinator, I think. Okay, so here's how we ended up here. This is not a hat podcast, although we will probably talk about hats. I just went through this really interesting experience where I, for a birthday gift for my partner, got him sort of a package to work with a stylist. So a men's stylist who helps you come up with your style, right? And takes you through the process of developing your style, takes you shopping, blah, blah, blah. I totally need to do this now. I've realized I'm like having a style crisis after going through this with my partner. But one of the things I thought was really interesting about it was that I hadn't really, when I thought about this, it was more just like, okay, well, it's somebody who helps you like source things or like knows what colors are going to look good on you or like knows how things should fit you. And he does all that. But the initial thing he did was take my partner through this process of sort of developing what his style, almost like archetype or style alter ego was, right? So it was like coming up with a description. So for instance, the stylist that we worked with, his brand is called The Essential Man for anybody who wants to look him up on Instagram. His name is Peter. He described his own as like, a Yakuza member who went to Paris to teach art. Like, and then my partners that he came up with was like, love that. Yeah, it was so good, right? His my partners was like, I think it was like a Midwestern college professor who used to box. Like they were these, you know, my partner's actually weirdly good at coming up with these. We were trying to come up with mine and we were having a hard time. Maybe we'll do it on this episode. So as we were going through, it's like you start with that archetype or that alter ego. And then as we went through the style and then shopping process, you're like calling on that archetype, right? It's like, okay, would that person wear this? Does this seem like it fits with that person? And it just reminded me so much of something that I honestly used to do more and should do now more, which was like when I was trying to make the first hundred thousand dollars in my business, it was like somebody who makes a hundred K in her coaching business. Like how does she think about things? Like, or when I was trying, I think even when I was trying to make the first million, like the CEO of a million dollar business, how do they think? It was like calling on that kind of future self or like idea self, whatever it was. And this process with the stylist reminded me so much of that. And I was like, okay, this is fascinating. We got to talk to Judith about this. So that's how we got here. I love it. And I was following along like gentleman consorts, you know, journey. And I was just like, the shoes are fabulous. Love the cut of that. Too. Like I was like shocking. And then I messaged you because I was like, this is amazing. Cause he had like a little, like we caught a glimpse of his look of glee, but not fully his. Yeah. Like, we didn't have a picture <laughs> for those who don't follow me on social media, which you can, it's at Carl Lowenthal. He tried on these like velvet 
slippers from Crockett and something, which is like the British shoemaker to the queen or, you know, whatever. And he just was like a kid at Christmas. Just like, I've never seen a look of glee on somebody's face like that. So anyway, I would love for you, Judith, because I know you do a process that has some similarities to this, but you do it kind of differently than most people do. Not surprisingly, since you are also a coach, can you talk to us about like what that process looks like for style, the way that you do it? Because I think like some people listening to this will want to just do that for themselves with their style. But also I think there's so much to learn about how we imagine a future self or the self we want to be in any area. Yeah. So I think like we'll go bigger picture and then I'll ask yeah. you if you want to play. We can yeah, let's do it. I need it. I feel like I'm in a crisis. I'm in like so, a style crisis. And anytime you want me to come dress you and shop with you, I just want to put that <laughs> in there. Like I'm so down. Once we move to the new apartment, I'm in. Sold. Yeah. No, seriously, let's do it. It'll be fun. And then we'll organize your closet and make it all pretty. It's cool. Okay. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Shira so, Gill's already coming to organize my closet. So we'll just oh, that's right. You have Shira. So we get rid of all it. the things, then you we'll come and you shop, then we it. refill the closet. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> I'll fill it. She'll organize it. That's made in heaven. <laughs> so bigger picture, right? Because you and I work with the similar model, right? A framework. Your thoughts create your feelings. From your feelings, you take action or don't take action. So I love to play with style archetypes, or as I like to say, personal style statement. Mm-hmm. By putting it in your thought line and seeing what emotions come up for you, and then taking action from that place by creating an emotional state on purpose using your personal style statement. The other fun way I think of playing with it, and this, I know my model adherence, I love you. I'm going to break the model. <laughs> I'm going to okay. put it. We can handle right? it. I feel strong today. Let's right, do it. Right, right. You got this. You got this. If we put your style statement in the F line, if we played with it as an emotional state of being, right, we're just using it as a way of describing an emotional state, then what thoughts do you need to think to create that emotional state? And then what actions will you take from that place? So that... We're always, and you use the word meta in our sort of pre-conversation, like we're taking our personal style statement and applying it in a really meta way. Mm-hmm. So yes, it can guide a shopping experience or how we get ourselves ready in the morning, what we choose to put on our body or don't choose to put on our body. But then we also get to like, if I showed up as the woman who, or the human who embodies this statement, how different do I show up to conversations, to mm-hmm. my finances, to my business, to business decisions? Like then it gets really delicious and juicy and fun. Mm-hmm. And I find that when my clients have found something that like feels like it fits, they get that magic moment, that little glee mm-hmm. <laughs> moment that maybe your partner was experiencing. So I think like this is just the most fun work in the world. And I get to do it with my clients in modern charm school and I get to do it with my clients in style masterclass, my program. So I want to play with your statement. If you're, game. yeah, let's so- do it. So should I like tell you where I am and where I think I feel like I'm in the Yeah. Yeah. Now? Tell me all the things of where you're at currently. Okay. I wish I'd written down my partner and I came up with some really funny ones for our attempts to describe me. I was like New York architect who moves to the South and shows up to garden parties as a succubus. Like we had like a lot of very <laughs> funny ones. <laughs> okay. So here's what I think. And not surprisingly, I think this is why it all ties together, right? Like I'm going through things in my business in the same way that I'm going through in my, I've known I'm going through the stuff in my personal life. And then I was having a conversation with Brooke, our joint teacher, mentor, Brooke Castillo in a mastermind I'm in. And we were talking about the like, kind of a more adult version of me and my brand and my business also. So it's like all together. So, you know, I think I came from spending my, all of my thirties being like single, living in the city, like very 
what would be the right, like, I mean, let's be real. It's not like I was like dancing on tables at two in the morning. Like I don't like being out late and I'm still an introvert, but I think especially in New York, it's like people can be sort of quote unquote young or dress that way in like into their sixties. Like there's no kind of no rules to fashion here, which I love. Yes, agreed. So I think that I had it like, I felt very comfortable in that style. I felt like my style was kind of like, like sort of feminine classic with a twist, like feminine classic sexy maybe. And also I think there's like the systemic analysis comes in here with the reality of like what the plus size clothing market is and what the options are. And like, they're not being the same huge range of options that you have if you are not plus size. So like the options of what's available to you also influence, I mean, Judith makes her own clothes, but I'm not a seamstress. So like, and I'm not yet just wearing like handmade couture only. So also this sort of feeling of like what's available also influences like what my style expression can be. Plus my own weird sensory things of like hating to wear pants, basically like not really, you know, I wear leggings, but I hate waistbands anyway. So I feel like I sort of had it fairly down, but then I'm going through this transition in my life where I've gotten into a serious partnership with someone who has children and we are moving in together and I am a part-time parent in some way. And, you know, and now I'm in my early forties and I don't identify with like, I'm not like, oh, this is my mom era. Like That doesn't feel like <laughs> me. Right. And I don't feel like I'm in my partner. I was joking that it feels like I'm like, okay, so I can either be like a sex vamp or like a goddess. Like I'm not in my goddess era. I don't want to wear chunky amber beads and like flowy skirts. Right. But especially when you're plus size, it sort of feels like these are sometimes the options. And so I feel like I've been thinking about this a lot more since he went through this process and like looking in my closet and, and like starting to be at an age where sometimes I put things on and I'm just like, this just seems too young and not in a way where I'm like, older women shouldn't show their legs. Like, obviously I think you should wear whatever you want. It's just like the whole energy of it feels like a little, can feel a little young, but then the stuff I see that feels more older, more sophisticated often seems to involve like pieces that I don't like. I don't want to wear slacks. I don't want to wear pants. I don't like how those feel. And like, given what the plus size options are and my figure, which is very hourglassy and very kind of femme, that's why our when my partner and I were trying to put these together, they were so funny because it feels like I have two very separate things that could be happening. One of which is like, like I was talking to my partner Silas about this and he was like, I feel like you're at least like, it's like you're wearing black, but when you get close, you can see that the sweater costs $500. It's like, you know, that was sort of like the, I can imagine there's like a winter version of me that is wearing like, honestly, probably universal standard leggings, but then like a expensive cashmere sweater on top. Like there's that version of me. But then the like spring, summer dressy version of me is wearing like frilly Tanya Taylor dresses, which I also love. And I like haven't been able to figure out how to combine these two kind of. It's like they both feel like parts of me and I haven't figured out how to kind of combine them together in a way that feels like both a little more mature without being in my goddess years and also without like, I'm not feeling like I'm in my mom era where I'm, you know, I don't have like. I mean, I'm only a part-time, you know, bonus parent and it's, I don't have a baby. I don't need it to be like, everything needs to be spit up proof and everything needs to be whatever. I need to be able to crawl on the floor in my pants. So that's where I am now. I feel like I've only become aware of this. I've said the last six months though, is when I've started to kind of be like, oh, okay. I don't know. I think some like something's Something's changing. I'm not. Yeah. But I like, my style was pretty consistent for probably a decade. So it does feel like kind of uncharted territory. 
So a few things you said that just because we have eavesdroppers on our conversation. So I want to offer all of you, like, this is what I love about using this kind of a system, like an archetype or statement, because it evolves with you over time. Mm -hmm. I think often women are socialized to pigeonhole themselves into the typical tropes, right? Like you're classic, you're bohemian, you're blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Oh, I have so many thoughts about all of that. So (laughs) When you play with it this way, and we're using your brain and your own words reflected back at you, this allows you to evolve it and change it. I actually recommend my clients go through this process at least once a quarter, Mm. just to get a new sense, like things change, your roles change. And I think for Mm. women, because we have so many different roles that we play, we forget we're one human that plays a myriad of roles, Mm -hmm. as opposed to we are the role. So Mm -hmm. clients will have this dichotomy in their brain will like, I feel like I'm two different persons or it's almost a split personality where I see my style so clearly here. And then it's a little fuzzy over here, but that's, I think where the cool shit lives Mm -hmm. is if we can find a way to sort of juxtapose like things that are seemingly opposite in a way that works for you. Can I add one more thing into the mix? Like, because I think what's happening on the business side, because I am my, you know, not, I am my business, but like my business is so me. I think there's also like an analogous shift happening from, like a way of describing the style from that perspective is going from the kind of irreverence of like hot pink, unfuck your brain, which I like love and is a part of me and I'm not going to stop cursing, (laughs) but moving into like, as I'm writing my book and I'm like really deep in the process right now, I'm like, oh, this is like an up-leveling. Like, what does it look like to have the style of like an international thought leader? Like, what does it look like to grow up in that way? And for my work to grow up in that way, like, oh, writing a book, not just the same as writing 12 blog posts in a row. You can't just like, <laughs> it's like up everything having to up level. My editor's probably listening to this being like, oh Jesus, she just figured that out. It's no <laughs> This book is due at the end of January. What's happening? Don't worry, Nina. It's okay. I'm working Nina, on she's fine. She's Nina, fine. I'm going to hit my deadline, Nina. I swear to God, I've never missed a deadline. So I think it's like, that feels like part of it too. It's like all that same thing of like, how do I bring like what I have liked about my style, my vibe, my energy, but into a like more mature, more powerful version. Yeah. And I think like maybe even just sticking with the word powerful as opposed Mm -hmm. to the word mature, which has Mm -hmm. its own funny little bandwagon of friends that come along with it. Oh, I've been like mature since I was nine. I feel like that's what I always heard growing up was like, oh, you're so mature. So to me, that doesn't mean old. It means like seasoned and powerful. Like, Uh But note, like your face is different when you say seasoned and powerful versus mm-hmm. mature. I just want to like, I'm watching okay. your face. So it's kind of funny. You're like seasoned and powerful. Like you had a whole head thing that <laughs> like, like a mature wine. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Cause th- this exercise, the words have power and they're yeah. meaningful to you. So when Cara's mm-hmm. going to give us some words, I have a list of words that she's given us and adjectives, but no, these are going to have a different meaning to her than they were going to the next person to the next person mm-hmm. to the next person, which is why it's so important to not just wholesale adopt from an aspirational standpoint. I want to be like Kara, so I'm going to use hers. Mm-hmm. Kara's brain is totally different than yours. Her experiences are different. Her word mature means something different to her than someone else who's listening. So, well, I want you to like, maybe there's a word she uses that you're going to be like, oh, I kind of like that. Don't wholesale adopt hers because we're trying mm-hmm. to inspire you to develop yours, not to aspire to be mini Kara's, although I'm sure to a certain degree. <laughs> that wouldn't have occurred fun. to me to say, so I'm glad you're here to say that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and this is something I work with my clients. They're like, oh, I like so-and-so's. I'm like, but that uh, means something totally different to her. Right, 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 right. Okay. So the first question I ask all my clients mm. is, and it's going to sound funny and counterintuitive, but I'll explain why I'm doing it this way once mm. we've gone through the process a little bit. So first question is, 
What's your most favorite clothing item currently? The one you wear the most and you'd be bummed if it was dirty and you hopefully every Mm. Sunday make sure it's clean so it's available to you. Oh, interesting. I'm going to be like difficult from the beginning. I feel like my favorite items are not things that I wear daily. They're more like event dresses or like things that aren't kind of daily wear. If it was daily wear, it's like winter in New York right now. Yeah, your most worn. Let's start with that question. The okay. most worn item. What would I be? Well, in the house, it's actually, I'm like wearing it right now. It's just like this. It's actually pretty cheap. It's like a torrid, stretchy black dress, but I just like it because it is feels comfortable and like form fitting, flattering in a way that I like. And it just makes me feel like I'm like, I look cute when I'm just sitting around the house working, but also it's super comfortable. If it's like for going out, maybe my like winter coat. The other day I was trying to put on an outfit that I felt like my go-to like winter coat didn't go with, which is like a deep navy blue Marina Rinaldi, like kind of down coat, but very thin with like a fake fur blue collar. When that felt like it didn't go with my outfit, I was like, oh, I hate all my other coats. I don't know what else I would want to wear. So, oh, so interesting. Okay. So I don't really hate them all, but they like didn't go with what I was trying to wear. Yeah. So, no, I actually did a podcast on this, like when nothing matches what what's happening. Yes. Yeah. I was having a lot of thoughts. <laughs> like as the stylist was telling my partner that all of his quasi neutrals could go together. I was like, I have feelings. No. Especially yeah, since you wear a lot of print. You wear a lot of print. So I wear a lot of print in my, see, this is a thing. Also, you see me at like coaching events and stuff. I wear a lot of print there, but it feels like in the summer I do in my personal wardrobe too. I feel this real disconnect between my summer and my winter wardrobe is part of what's coming out here, but that's part of that like architect in New York versus like summer succubus party. I wear a lot of print in warmer months. I feel like I have found better options for that. But in winter, I have not, given that I like hate anything on my neck and hate a waistband. <laughs> well, and sensory things are a real issue. And I've had a lot of clients who are on the spectrum or neurodiverse yeah. clients. So we talk a lot about like seams and wearing like certain specific types of fabric that are softer mm-hmm. and aren't going to set off that cascade in your brain where you feel like your whole body's on fire. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I tried on a dress. I ordered this dress from Universal Santa that I was like, oh, this might be my perfect go-to winter dress because it was like just like kind of a black column, but with a knot in the middle at the waist, it had long sleeves. I was like, this is great. And then it came in the fabric. I was like, ah, no, never. I can't even put this on my body. So no. So you're not alone in that. And friends, if you're listening, you're not alone in that. So I actually recommend for my peeps who have those sensory issues, you want to stick to cottons that are like bamboo or modal Mm -hmm. because they're so buttery soft and it's not going to set off that chemical cascade. So, okay. So we have your torrid stretchy dress. We have your winter Mm -hmm. coat. Mm -hmm. So let's start with a torrid stretchy dress. I have some words you gave me, but I want to hear, how do you feel about yourself when you're wearing it? I feel, I think my thoughts are actually, it's like right on the line for me. I feel cute. I feel, I don't know if this is my thoughts about myself. I think that I look, it looks like just pulled together enough. It's sort of like, it feels comfortable, but looks like I'm not just wearing like, as my grandma would say, some shmata, which means like rag in Yiddish. This is like old Jewish women will be like, what is this shmata you're wearing? But I do think it's interesting as I think about it, this I'm like, I don't think I'd wear this out because it feels a little bit like it maybe would feel a little too young out. Like there, it's like that disconnect is happening in my brain when I think about like my going outside or like my style presentation in public. It like feels like this would maybe be a little young. Okay. Even though it's just a black like scoop neck dress with an elastic empire waist. It's not really like... Well, because it's never the clothes. It's always our thought right, about right, ourselves right, in them, right, right? Right. Okay. So 
I, oh my gosh, this is so interesting. Okay. And I'll explain a little bit in a second. So I really should have thought this through before I committed to doing this live on a podcast. <laughs> Here we go. I'm having the greatest time. I don't know why. Listener, but listener, I want you to do the same process, right? Notice how I asked her how she's feeling about herself when wearing the item, because that's really the most important part. And we got some juicy thoughts from her. So winter coat, how do you feel about yourself when you're wearing it? I think what's what's coming up from this is that one of the reasons I don't like winter clothes is I feel like I don't know what to do with the bottom third of my body like figuring out winter shoes and tights combinations that I like. I don't think either of these items, I feel like when I put them on, I'm like, I feel amazing in this. So it feels like more like my thoughts about that coat are like, it feels kind of sleek. It feels like it's just enough, but not too much in terms of like fabric and bulkiness. Like I really don't, my partner was just asking me, he wanted to buy me like a, for a holiday present, like this kind of from this beautiful custom robe company, but this like velvet bro. And I was just like, oh God, it's going to be so heavy. Like it was like another sensory thing kind of. I tried on another like puffer coat the other day and I was like, oh, it's so big. Like there's something, it's like, I don't want too much fabric. I don't like heavy sweaters. And so like that coat feels like, yeah, it's like just enough, but not too much is like my thought about that coat. And that I like every partner I've ever had has told me I look like a Russian princess in that coat. There's like something about the <laughs> like faux fur around the face thing. Is it like an imperial vibe or like I think it's princess? just like I'm very pale skinned and dark curly hair. And it's like a fake, I mean, it's fake fur, but it's like a fur collar. It just you immediately, it looks like I should be on like a sled in a Tolstoy novel, basically. <laughs> ah, okay. So <laughs> a novel heroine. I like it. <laughs> okay. So second question is like mm-hmm. favorite clothing item of all time. Does it matter what era or when mm, of all time or asked another way? Cause sometimes this helps. And if you're yeah. listening and you're like, that doesn't work for me. Another version of that question is when's the last time you felt your most stylish and confident? What were you wearing? Mm-hmm. Of all time. It's like, I still think about the sweater dress from years ago, but I think when I think about like my current self, the thing that feels the most like I'll just say the thing that's coming up in my mind, just let's do it like it's coaching. Like, what's the word coming up? The thing that's coming up is this very bright pink dress I have. The brand is called like, it's like a Zelia. Do you know what I'm talking about? They make the plus size. It's called like the thistle dress. I've worn it on stage. It's sort of like, it's actually quite like voluminous, but it's like up top, there's like a deep V and it's got like the sleeves have elastic at the wrist with little frill. And then it's like a voluminous skirt straight down kind of. I know exactly what dress you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, it comes in a in a couple. They make it in a couple of different fabrics. I only have it in one because it's just such a like striking silhouette. I was like, this seems weird to have in multiple. I think that like, I wouldn't have thought that, but I think that somehow feels, I don't know, that's what's coming up. Yeah. How do you feel about it? Also very unvisual. So this is kind of a hard, like I'm like, no, this is okay. That's why sometimes we, and this is why I anchor it this way, because I think sometimes for those of us who are like, oh, I'm not creative or I'm not good at, you know, I more just mean, I'm like, I don't even remember what's in my closet because I can't see it. Like, I feel like if we went to my closet, I'd be like, oh, I love those five things also. But right now they have dropped out of my consciousness. Like they don't exist. Yeah. And honestly, I want whatever is actually going to be top of mind just to see what words come up and what words you associate with it what emotions you associate with it because mm-hmm. of thoughts you're having in your brain. So when you're wearing the bright pink dress, yeah, how do you feel about yourself? I think I, f- I feel like fun and commanding, maybe because I wear it to teach in often. It feels stylish. I think it feels like, especially like with plus size clothing and my figure, like most of the stuff I wear follows a kind of certain silhouette. And I think this has like a more kind of striking, unusual silhouette. And so to me, that makes it feel like 
it's something that is chosen more for style, I guess, or for aesthetics than for like being flattering or I don't, it just feels different, I guess, than a lot of, you know, I probably have like six of the Tanya Taylor Blair dress and I wear those to teach and all the time and I love them, but like, this feels like this dress is very different from everything else I have. Yeah. How do you show up differently when you're wearing that dress versus the Tanya Taylor dress? Um, well, I think there's, there is something here. I don't know that I would wear, I will wear that hot, that like Aziza, the thistle dress. I'm sure Aziza is wrong. Like when I'm on stage, I don't really wear it in my regular life because I think it feels like, yeah, I don't know. It feels like it's like a lot or like if you're going to your cousin's baby shower, maybe commanding is not supposed to be the vibe you're going in with. Why not? Okay, Judith, this is getting very deep for the podcast. I mean, all the podcast is, is me talking about my thoughts. Well, and he, but here, here's why, y'all, this is why this shit matters, right? right? Because like, just notice some of the things like, and I won't deeply coach her here. Like, I'm going to run out message her later about some of these things. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay her later for the whole service. <laughs> right, but notice like how different it was when she's like, yeah. I'm on stage. Right. And there's somehow a difference, like even just how she describes the Tanya Taylor dress. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. To the pink dress, she shows up differently because she sees herself differently because she sees herself playing different roles. I think it has to do also with what I like being a fat person in the world and like how there's something about showing up in a, I don't know, like, why would I not wear that dress to my cousin's baby shower? I mean, I think it feels like there's something about it feeling like too much. There's something about like adding more, a lot more volume to my body. There's something about like, showing up in a silhouette that is sort of, I mean, I think these things are changing, but you know, when I was in my twenties, when this stuff was getting set like 15, 20 years ago, I think there's like, there's like more allowance, like when you're dealing with fat phobia, there's like more allowance. If you are presenting, like you can present kind of hyper feminine and hyper, right. And that is like sort of semi permissible. I think like my style is genuinely very feminine. Like it's not, I don't secretly wish to be wearing more androgynous clothing. Like I feel very like my gender presentation and my style are both kind of high femme in a way that feels authentic as much as, you know, things can given socialization. But I think there's something about like wearing clothes that are closer to the body that feels like it's part of that. Yeah. Cause I mean, there's three things that we're socialized to think we have to strive for with our clothing is slimming flattering. Right. <laughs> right. And there's a yeah. third one, which is totally escaping my brain right now. So it's probably one, some version of those. Yeah. Some version of those, but slimming or flattering is what we're told we're supposed right. to strive for with our clothing. So anything that floats away from the body or is sort of the hyper version of, you know, femininity in a way mm. that's not slimming or flattering or smoothing. There's the other word. So yeah. I guess, yes. Yeah, oh, smoothing. Yes. I at least do not do the smooth. <laughs> I've not right? worn shapewear in a long time. <laughs> yeah, but like this is yeah. part of the programming. So no wonder right. why there's like a little internal reaction when we're like this dress that floats away from your body. It's super right. cute, y'all. I've seen her and it's, it's I just fucking love this dress on you. <laughs> but like it floats away from your body. It's a loud color. It's like all the things. Yeah, this cool. is interesting because I the other dress I have that I feel like when I walk out, I'm like, this seems chic to me is also not very form-fitting is like a kind of, it's unfortunately not a very well-constructed dress. So it like, it's, I just feel like it's not going to last very long. And every time I put it on, I'm like fighting with the fact that it's cheap fabric, but it's like, an, it's like, I think it's from Eloquy, but it's basically like a long black satiny kind of 
I don't know what you would call it even like, it's not a shift dress. It's kind of like a sack dress, like the whole sack life phenomenon. But like some, I think I similarly like that. I don't wear it super often because the, because the quality isn't great. Like the placket at the front won't lie flat. And, but that kind of style, I think I like for similar reasons. Okay. So let's put it all together a little bit so you can understand. So So my new style archetype is sack life. (laughs) <laughs> sack life is well, i am a flower i am a miller's wife i live in a burlap sack i mean it's a look it's a vibe it's a mood like that's how you want to roll just a little belt just tie a little rope around it <laughs> a rope would be actually very on point that would have made sense <laughs> but like okay so typically i'll take all the adjectives a client gave yeah. to me and i'll repeat them back to them and see what comes up for them and then i'll offer them what i think it could be and mm-hmm. we just play with it so these are all the words you've said. They're sexy, okay. vamp, goddess, which has a totally different connotation for you. Yes. Goddess is Mat- like you're a middle school art teacher and you wear a lot of <laughs> chunky necklaces. See, and I think of goddess, I think something totally different. This is yeah. why it matters what it means to well, you. We've been calling it our goddess era. It's like when you're in your 60s and you start wearing like floating chiffon and like lots of, yeah, lots of baubles. That's what it means in my relationship. <laughs> That's a whole other vibe. Cute came up for you, which I think is interesting. Mm -hmm. Cute, pulled together, young, sleek, Russian princess. (laughs) (laughs) This is great. Fun, commanding, stylish, Mm -hmm. and striking. Mm -hmm. I like striking. I like striking. I'm digging striking. I don't even remember saying that. Did I actually say that? You did. I wrote it down. You said it. Came out of your brain. <laughs> How funny yeah, is I that? I like striking. I also like sleek, but not in the sense of like squishing your body down. Yeah, yeah. As like a mood. Uh, like I'm a seal. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> like seals can be quite large, but they're very sleek in the water. Yes. So if I were a striking seal, what would I wear? <laughs> Okay, but like, let's play this in terms of the model, right? Yeah. So you're a woman, and we just we could play with these. No, two I kind of like it. I feel like if I was like a seal, like sleek, like a seal, makes sense to me as an art, as like an archetype. If that works for you, cool. Sleek like a <laughs> I mean, seal. We'll have to try some of these things out. But I, th- yes. I like striking. Sleek is interesting, just because I don't really feel like anything about me is all that sleek. But yeah, I think as like a kind of, there is something I like about that. I don't really feel like I need, I mean, I like the word powerful, but I don't really feel like I need, I feel like striking kind of does that. In a uh, yeah. I don't think you your need face it. Way. Yeah. And it's not prescriptive. So it's not like yeah. every outfit needs to like tick the boxes, right? Because right. on some hand you will have whatever is sleek to you. That's how you described your winter coat, by the way. That was the first yes. word. No, no. I remember that. saying that word. I do. So like sleek may come out in the outfit and then you are striking in terms of your personality. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the outfit will be more striking and you will be more sleek in your personality. <laughs> okay. So we think it's like a duo adjective, sleek and striking. Yeah. Okay. What do you think? I like it. It's interesting. Because what, one of the things I wanted to sort of listeners be thinking about is the way that like once you come up with whatever that statement is for yourself, you are then using it to make decisions. And I feel like one way of testing if it's useful is to think, if I went through my closet, could I identify like what's sleek and striking and what's not? Yeah. Any of these could, right? If I was like, I'm a Russian princess, what is in my closet? I would have like three velvet dresses left and nothing else, but I don't really <laughs> think that's in general my style archetype. So yeah, I mean, I think I like the idea of playing with like sleek and striking. Yeah. So if like I'm the woman who is sleek and striking is in your T line, how does it feel in your F line? 
Does it feel, where's my F line? Dear listener, she has closed her eyes and is thinking now. Just so I'm you know thinking. What's happening. I don't, I'm trying to think if I have a strong physical response to it. I feel like a shark. Ooh, tell <laughs> us more. What do you mean? I don't know. Shark? I feel like a shark is like yeah. sleek, but could strike. I don't, but that's yeah. like a different version of striking. I don't really think I want to, I don't feel good about being a, like shark doesn't feel powerful to me. That feels like I might eat somebody, not in a fun way. I think striking feels like kind of strong and powerful. It feels like forward momentum and sort of assertive, but not like confrontational. Sleek feels. And now I just see like a seal going through the water. Yeah. I get to play with that image, like whatever that mm. means to you. Like, are there some places where things need to feel easier and smoother? Well, I think maybe, maybe the reason I like sleek is that that's really what sleek is actually describing. I think maybe is how clothes feel on my body. Like not so much what it looks like, like striking mm. feels more like it describes what it looks like. And sleek is more like, that's the like sensory stuff of like, okay, if I feel like there's no hitches or interruptions and in how things feel. So there's like nothing that's too heavy or too itchy or too whatever on my body. Like this dress I'm wearing right now. Well, I mean, so potentially somewhat striking just as in I have a very large bosom in, in this dress that's sort of obvious. So like, I guess that's striking, but it feels sleek in the sense that like, it doesn't bother any part. Like it feels, everything feels smooth kind of. Mm-hmm. So I, I think maybe my attraction to the word sleek is less about like silhouette and more about like how it feels. Which is cool because if we're using this as a way to make decisions or to think about right. other meta areas of our life, you know, how does that phrase like support some decision-making where it could use some more sleekness? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I think even when I think about like from the like business perspective, not that these necessarily have to carry over, but if I think about like who am I evolving into as a thought leader, as an author, as a CEO, as a like intellectual figure. I think like those are also both words that I would want to apply to my work. I like it. It's fun to play with. And like, you just keep trying it on. I highly recommend to most of my clients and anyone who's did this exercise with us, put it everywhere where you can see it, little sticky notes, mm-hmm. just as little reminders to yourself. Like if I were to drop into that in my thought line for a minute, just to see how it feels. If I were to drop into it from an emotional place, just to see how that changed, maybe some decision I was confronted with or something I was pondering over. Like if I was coming mm-hmm. from that place, what would I do with my decision? I also think it's fun to play with the words over and over because there Mm -hmm. might be some synonym that makes just feels better once you try it Mm -hmm. on, but it's very close. So you get to play with this as much as you want. And you get to do this exercise whenever something changes that you're like, okay, I feel like something's changing. It's time for a change. Mm -hmm. This is a great starting point, especially like in light of the new year and all the things when this comes out. Yeah. Like maybe it's smooth and striking. I'll keep playing with it. Can you tell, give us an example of how, you know, you talked in the beginning about how like you use this, not just for what you're going to wear, but like how you might show up as a, in your business, how you show up and whatever. Can you share sort of like, what is your current version of this and how you use it in those other ways? Yeah. So for me right now, it's elegant and spelt. Mm-hmm. And I dress very ultra feminine. I also have Exact, I say exaggerated features. I very okay, there you go. Ex- an exaggerated figure. Uh-huh. I have an exaggerated figure. And I'm ultra femme in my presentation. I'm very comfortable that way. I also sometimes will wear a three-piece suit and dress what would be considered more masculine in my mm-hmm. own 
feminine way, Mm -hmm. but felt to me. And it's something I'm working on myself is like learning how to deal with other people's attraction to me Mm. and not making it mean that I've done anything in my A-line necessarily. Mm. Like they have their own model. I have my own model and it's something Mm -hmm. from coming from like, you know, abuse and like coming through that. Now I'm on the Mm -hmm. other side. I'm like, well, what it would be like to Mm -hmm. just felt like if I'm going to sell and our coach teacher mentor, Mm -hmm. one of the things she told me, she's like, you clearly don't like selling. So (laughs) how about you just do what you naturally do well, which is you like to flirt Mm -hmm. and you're very good at it. Mm. So to me, Svelte kind of has that like, Mm. you know, coquette sort of Mm -hmm. archetype and that flirtatious archetype. And like, I enjoy that. So I'm like, if I stepped into my business, my copy, my marketing Mm -hmm. from that kind of like Svelte energy, Mm -hmm. flirtatious energy, how differently might I show up without all of the like around Mm -hmm. selling or people are saying things about my body to me because they're going to like... Mm-hmm. I have a J cup. They're going to say things. Sure. Like, Listen, <laughs> my partner always talks about this time that we went to like a, I was wearing something more low cut than I normally would out. And we were sitting in like a, a, a window bar of a ramen place. And he just, like, he just watched like everybody who walked by, like do a double take and turn around. And, like Just every gender, every orientation. It was just like, like seeing a wonder of the world. Yeah. The humans can't help themselves. They're like, you know, you get the, like, I'm like, yes, they're real. And please don't poke them. And like, yeah, exactly. But like, if I take that idea of spelt into my marketing, my copy, how I show up as a businesswoman and attracting clients. And I think it just gets some, it got more fun for me. Mm -hmm. I think coquette is a good description of like what my thirties were like. That feels like what my energy was like that is now shifting. So that is also just interesting to see like, oh, I really love that energy. And that's the way I used to identify. And like, now I don't, that doesn't feel like me anymore. Like to me, it's kind of, cause I'm in my late thirties. So like that coquette energy, I think will transform and from like mademoiselle coquette mm-hmm. to like madame coquette. Mm-hmm. And that's like a different mm-hmm. vibe, yeah. but still has the undercurrent of playfulness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. And I think I'm coming as somebody who was like very comfortable with her sexuality. <laughs> like but I did that part and I'm still, but like evolving. Yeah. I think for me, none of this is like, oh, being the coquette is like this time limited or you evolve past it. I just mean for me in my life, like I went through a period, I, you know, it's just interesting to hear, like, especially because this is, I feel like where I was before have been. So it's interesting to hear it come up and be like, it's almost like an ex you think fondly of where I'm like, Oh, that was good times. I did like that. But no, I don't, you know, like, don't get back together. I don't think just because I was good doesn't mean that's where you are now. And I think too, like with any of these style statements or thinking fondly of like some other version of yourself, Mm -hmm. like we can love her. She's a part of like a long line of lovers you'll have in your relationship with yourself. And now we go get to meet all these like new and different versions of yourself over time. Mm but they're not better than you. And I think we have to say this as coaches because sometimes our, I know my clients, your public clients do this too. They just think chronological means like moral evolution and it doesn't, yeah. Right, as opposed to we're dropping in on a timeline and Mm -hmm. you're still very much a human, which is why I start with your most worn item. Mm -hmm. So we're carrying a little bit of you that exists today forward because she's still going to be there. Right. What do you do if somebody is like, we should wrap up, but what do you do if somebody's like, my most worn item is my torn stained leggings because I like, can't deal with anything else in my closet. 
honestly, I do get that sometimes. And I think it's like the best answer ever. There's no huh. wrong way to answer that question mm-hmm. because there's part of you right now that's seeking comfort, mm. that's seeking ease, that's yeah. seeking versatility. Right. It still tells you something. It still tells us something. So even if you're like, shame answering the question. You're like, Oh my God, but it's like my like holy stain mm-hmm. sweater from the third grade. I'm like, yes, boo, tell me everything about it <laughs> because it's a, it's like a wealth of knowledge and information yeah. into yourself. You've kept it for a reason. You're wearing it for a reason. You know, there is not going to be better than here. You're going to yeah. carry a little piece of you forward. You're still a human. So what is it right. that you're humaning around that we need to factor in for you? Smoothness, right? That's going to be carried forward. We need right. to acknowledge that humaning around. All right, my friends, my chickens. So obviously go check Judith out. Where can they find you, Judith? You can go to judithgatan.com and just click on the work with me button to learn about things, or you can check out my podcast style masterclass. Yes. And go do your style exercise, or you can do this for any area of your life, right? I mean, I think honestly the same exercise, like you can be using for how you want to be in your business, how you want to be in your relationship, how you want to show up in your job as a parent, whatever it is. It's like anchoring to Sometimes it's more values, sometimes it's more aesthetics, but like having that kind of guiding principles. And then, yes, you need to come to New York and we'll go shopping in the spring. Yeah, got <laughs> me in. Oh my gosh. If you really want to dive into what I teach on goal setting, like what's a perfectionist fantasy, what's a minimum baseline goal, how to know what kind of goal and when to set the goal, all of that. I have several topics that dive into this and we have set up a totally free way to get all of those episodes just sent to you all at once. So you don't have to go like hunting and pecking through the Facebook, I'm sorry, through the podcast feed. So just text your email to plus one three four seven nine nine seven one seven eight four. That's plus one three four seven nine nine seven one seven eight four. You'll get prompted for a code word. The code word is just resolutions, plural, or go to unfuckyourbrain.com forward slash resolutions. Again, that's unfuckyourbrain.com forward slash resolutions. And you just give us your email and we will send you a list with links to all of the episodes in which I have talked about goal setting, resolutions especially. And that will be a real deep dive for you on how to set resolutions for 2023 that you actually will do. (laughs) And how to think about goal setting in general so that you can be consistently setting and achieving goals throughout your life rather than setting 10 goals and doing none of them every year as your New Year's ritual. Let's not do that this year, my my chickens. All right. Text your email to plus one, three, four, seven, nine, nine, seven, one, seven, eight, four, code word resolutions or unfuckyourbrain.com forward slash resolutions. Again, totally free. Just give us your email and we will send you all those links. Have a beautiful end to 2022, my chickens. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.